Fourth Not First is proudly brought to you by Oakford Thoroughbred Farm, your one-stop shop for all your thoroughbred needs. Hot seat driving at it, hot seat going home the best in the middle and grab the lead at one. Hot seat by a long head to either vintage quarter and Remus is coming back, coming back really well on the inside, they hit it the bobber. Maybe Loremus jumps from under the eyeball. Welcome to episode three, series one of Fourth Not First. With me as always, I have the owner-operator of Healy Bloodstock, Russell Healy. How are you doing, Rusty? Good, Richo. Ash? Farrier and horse trainer extraordinaire, Ashley McKnight. Ash, how are you? Boys, I'm really well. Uh, great to be back for episode three. And uh, this week we've been able to line up a very special guest to join us tonight. Uh, and we're going uh, to talk a little bit about her career as a jockey and uh, we'd like to welcome to the podcast Alana Kelly. Hi how are we? Thank you for joining us. No thank you for having me. So Rusty did you want to open up the the questioning? Yeah no worries. Um, Again welcome Alana. Um, Now I just you're you're from a racing family and you you ride a few for your dad. Just curious what the what the dynamics like with your dad when it comes to instructions and if you get anything wrong during a race how does that go down? Can I answer yes, this? <laughs> no, you can't. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I get the best responses from Alana, uh, like post, um, post spray, post spray. Oh, yep. Yeah. Loves spray. Post arguments. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'll let, I'll let Alana go. I won't, I won't throw her under the bus. Um, yeah, so obviously I'm an apprentice to my dad. Um, and, like, most of the time, that's a really good, it's a really good relationship. Um, but we do butt heads a lot, um, usually on agreeing on things and we just arguing about them for the sake of it. On that, you ask for the instructions race day. Most of the time, I usually run the instructions by him and then he'll just tell me them again later on um so it's usually however i want to ride the horse i get to ride the horse because that's what's best for the horse touch wood i haven't given too many of his a bad ride so we'll try and keep it that way and keep the sprays to a minimum from an individual perspective i ask this of a lot of people what's the one race that you'd lot, lot, most like to win as a jockey don't have a particular set race I'd like to win, honestly. Um, just taking any opportunity I can get is a good one. Um, but I'll take wins where I can get them. On a lighter note, what do you do outside of racing for fun? Um, well, obviously racing takes up a lot of my life and my time. Um, but at the moment, I'm currently on a bit of a baking trend. Um, I'm no Georgina Cartwright, but have made the odd little thing of late. Um, I, actually, Ash had some the other day. I can I cookies around out to the farm. I can yeah, attest to a test. Yep. Um, now, I'm pretty sure I put two kilos on after a large bacon. <laughs> so, um, oh, very good. They're very good. Um, I'm hoping that the track Hence work before it, I lost why I had to I take them it. out there. <laughs> no, no, very good so far. If she can keep it coming, that's fine. I'm quite happy for her to keep baking. Is that the yeah. plan to keep beating him in track work is just fatten him up a bit? And... 
<laughs> makes my horses look like they're going faster. Can you explain to me how a uh, jockey apprenticeship works? Well, it's pretty competitive here in Victoria just because we have so many top class riders. So um, we have an apprentice program run by Racing Victoria. So you have to apply for that. They do um, applications, interviews and like physicals, um, testings and stuff like that. Like um, for instance, Alfie Matthews was actually out at Ballarat the other morning, just watching some of the riders that are out there that have applied for possibly next year. Um, just seeing how they ride, their track work and, you know, relationships and stuff like that. Um, so once you go from there, if you get into the program, you go through your four years of schooling and your four years of riding. Um, they both correlate with each other, but are sort of two separate things. Um, but, you know, you go through the schooling side where you've got Alfie and um, previously Matt and Darren Gauchi, uh as coaches and just mentors. Um, and they're just absolutely great for advice and things like that. Um, so you sort of spend your four years learning and coming out of it, hopefully out the other side by outriding your claim and stuff like that. And what's the best thing about being a jockey? I really enjoy you know, the community side of racing, you know, if you're not in racing, it's very hard to get into racing. Um, and the people in racing, you wouldn't, I was thinking about it earlier. There's people I'm friends with now through racing that I would, wouldn't even consider to be friends with, or, you know, know of outside of if I wasn't in the racing community. Um, so I really enjoy that. Um, but on the horse side, like, the progression of a horse, you know, riding it as a baby, doing its jump outs and like just seeing it progress to its first race, getting winners on it. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I can imagine that's very fulfilling. And what's what's the hardest part of the profession? The hardest part is probably, you know, it's a physically demanding sport. You put in a lot of hours and a lot of time. Um, and like some days, like today, I had the full day off, like you didn't do anything, but other days you feel like you don't sit down. Um, you spend the whole day like, you know, mentally always switched on and, you know, thinking about what's happening and what you're doing, whether you're driving or you're at the races, or you're in a race. Um, so mentally you don't switch off some days until you go to bed. Um, but that correlates with, you know, you do, you've done the hard work to get to places like that. And then, you know, a bit of disappointment of a horse not running right or, you know, you think you give your horse a nice, ra a nice ride, you get taken off at the next start. Um, just just a couple of little disappointing things that just, just you just scratch your head over that just let you down a little bit and make you question things. But, you know, as a whole, it's more rewarding most of the time than it is disappointing. Ashley, you got a few questions? We've had quite a few discussions while riding track work, and I've probably asked you a couple of these questions before, but first one I want to ask you, the inner sanctum of the jockey room. Uh, who do you look up to in the jockey room, and who is your best mentor? Jockey's room is a different world. In there, like, that is something I wish people would see um just the relationships that have formed in the jockeys rooms i wish people would see them but at the same time 
it's such like a little community within itself within the racing racing industry that I don't want to share um and in in the jockeys rooms everyone is you know we're all out to help each other especially in the girls jockeys rooms you know it's always you know we stick together and stuff like that um so as mentors and who I look up to um my first sort of year of riding Nikita was an amazing help to me I just looked up to how aggressive she was within a race um like I'm not much of a a real aggressive rider but to take you know pieces from her and just watch how she rode that was just great to build off for me um and currently well I have always got good advice from Christine Pauls she is the mother in the jockeys rooms she takes care of everyone if you've got an issue you turn around and Christine's got the answer for it um just an amazing woman and you know it's just the dynamics in those rooms are second to none moving on along you're still a young apprentice but um racing goals your life as a jockey what what do you want to achieve what have you set yourself short term long term um well currently goals are you know, sort of getting those Metro rides and hopefully racking up a couple of Metro winners. Um, like I'm still only had a handful of rides in town. Um, so that's my current aim. Um, but long-term I like to be up riding group races, hopefully winning group races, you know, being able to have a book of city rides and things like that. That'd be great. Definitely think that's going to, uh, going to come in time. Um, the skills are all there. Uh, you just need to get on the right cattle. That's all you need to do now. It's uh, they're very hard to go anywhere on the wrong cattle, but uh, you definitely give them 100%. The last question I've got, Alana, right, racing, especially for jockeys, doesn't last forever. Do you have a plan for life after racing? Well, currently, you know, racing is what I'm enjoying. It's what I'm loving. So it's the main plan at the moment um i don't really have any extended plans at this present time um but essentially i'd like to stay within the racing community you know i've grown up in it i've formed relationships that i don't want to lose um so staying within the racing industry would be you know that's a lifelong thing that i'm going to hold on to it's been great having you on and uh you know any insight to um you know the life of a young apprentice jockey no thank you very much for having me i've really enjoyed it sounds good alana thanks very much all right thanks alana all right thanks again alana lovely to chat to you ash what else has been happening around the oakford thoroughbred stables we uh, headed off to swan hill today with logo logic um full of confidence after his nice little bit of work during the week um, the race was, uh, it was a pretty good race for three-year-olds at Swan Hill, you know, 64 grade. But we still thought we were a good chance. Um, I think, as we've seen the result now, it probably doesn't look that good, but poor old Cliffy, I think, lost a wheel at uh, about 100 to go. Um, 
he's still learning his craft. He, he he's just got to get his confidence to when things don't quite go his way, he's got to be able to overcome it, and that'll that'll happen. But uh, no, he's still okay. Uh, I wasn't the result maybe we're after, but uh, onward and upward, and uh, he'll be back better than ever in a in a fortnight's time. Um, the rest of the week. Rest of the week. Oh no! Hang on, I forgot. Uh, Donald on Friday, elongated. Um, if anyone saw his run, that was huge. He wide gate, three wide with cover. Um, made up really good ground to finish. I think he finished sixth in the end. But uh, I thought it was a really good run. Step out to sixteen hundred at the next start. If he draws gate, um, it's definitely one for the listeners to follow. So uh, stick with him, and if they want to put up a hundred to one. I would, uh, I'd be jumping on board. That's right. Put elongated in the black book. Definitely a black booker there. And uh, moving along in the week, we've probably got just uh, Alana said we got Thursday Ballarat Synthetic Little Zipper. Uh, she will go to a Phillies twelve hundred meter race. Um, she galloped well last week. Um, I will give her a little work in the morning, and. No doubt there'll be some sort of WhatsApp update live from the scene. Um, that's how we usually roll. All right, now it's time for the weekend racing review. A lot happened this weekend in racing thanks to Healy Bloodstock, where procrastination becomes realisation. What a big weekend, Rusty. Oh, huge weekend, Richo. I really enjoyed the racing over the weekend. Um, some people did not. Um, I didn't have much luck on the big races Tell us in why Australia, you enjoyed it. Say that again? Tell us why you enjoyed it, Rusty. But like, tell the truth. Why did you enjoy it? Um, apart from the big races in uh, at Eagle Farm, I found some winners in most states over the weekend. I had a really good there time. There it is. <laughs> so there you're talking through You pocketing. found some winners. I'm definitely you're, talking yep, through my pocket. That's what I we do. really enjoyed it. <laughs> Most people do. They just don't want to admit it. But um, oh, look, we all no. would have found a eleven dollar winner. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't get that one out. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move okay, on move from on. that. <laughs> um. So yeah, up in uh, up in Queensland, we had the Stratty, and um, huge congratulations to Trent and Toby Edmonds with the win of Tie Zone. Um, kind of the horse that everyone thought might go okay, but weren't willing to tip, apart from Chris Nelson, he did a great job over the day. And, and in the JJ Atkins, um, you had Rothfire, who was very impressive, winning by over three lengths in a pretty slick field up there. So um, be looking to see what he heads towards um, in the future. Some people are talking uh, Caulfield Guineas type races, things like that. So we'll keep an eye on him. Um, in Sydney, oh, we had we had a race. My my tip of the day was Opacity in the last, and I mentioned on the our first episode that I thought she might be a progressive type, um, and she won very well. I wasn't a huge fan of the ride, but she got the job done, and uh, they're looking to back her up next week so that they can get her rating up. So she and head towards races like the Epsom and the Golden Eagle in the spring. So 
Uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing uh, where she gets to. And I stayed up late last night watching uh, some international group one racing, which there was no real Aussie flavour. I was hoping we'd see some um, Aussie influence into some of the winners, but they didn't seem to eventuate. But what I did notice was that the odds on pops did not do well. You had uh, Pinatubo uh, beaten by Kamiko in the 2000 Guineas in the UK. This morning we had uh, Authentic at a dollar thirty or whatever it was, beaten by AP Honor in the Santa Anita Derby. And this afternoon we had uh, Armand Eye beaten by Gran Allegria in the Yoshida Kinnan. So if you're a favourite backer, bad luck, um, you're probably light in your pocket. And uh, that's about it from the weekend review. It was a very enjoyable weekend. Well, that I think that takes us to our punting segment. Thanks to Urban Dust, Urban Dust Accessories. Uh, we all know if you're looking for a good accessory and uh, it ain't Urban Dust, then it's not worth your crust. Five of us on a Saturday, we get together, we put together uh, a multi, a five-league multi, and that's a bit of a team event where we all barrack each other home. And then on top of that, we've got our uh, Bragging Rights Cup where we choose two other horses. Um, and pit them off against each other and see who gets the best return. So in the multi, um, after really letting the team down a couple of weeks ago um, when four, four out of four had come through and I was last and uh, didn't get the chocolates for us last week, I, I backed myself uh, up and uh, got the result, got the hit in the multi. This week I went in, um, I went with a... Uh, a I was the first leg off, and I'm, I'm really not used to being that. I also went with a debutante. Probably not the smartest thing I've ever done in the multi, but uh, I did hear good things about the jump out. Um, it ran, um, look, it, it ran ninth of ninth, so didn't really get close. So unfortunately, at about 1.05 p.m. on Saturday, uh, we were one leg into our five leg multi but we were completely out so um that that horse tried to turn right when it should have turned left richo it it, it went by the cape and took another horse. and then we had uh, i think ash you were next up with uh at eagle farm with navy cross and uh that that came in with a place so that's when i started to get a little bit worried because i thought oh no here we go again i might have uh, screwed up the multi in reverse order this time um and then the dolphin came in with uh uh, Massaf at, at Flemington and as we've heard Rusty was on opacity and was he's been on it for two weeks and it's uh, it absolutely um, went home really well but luckily um, the man who we actually gave him a plug in our first episode about how good he was at the multi and ever since then he has bombed so 40 <laughs> big time made me feel a lot better when open-minded just could not get it was that a hashtag Ran a solid fourth, not fifth. Uh, first, not fourth, solid not fifth. first. So it was a definite. It was definite a hashtag, wasn't it? Oh, it was definitely. Yeah. He definitely yeah. looked. It was a salute to the podcast, really. On to the bragging rights. Now we know that Ash does not actually care about the multi one iota. All he cares about is bragging rights. In this... saying that, in saying that, Richard, I guaranteed last week on this podcast. I would deliver on my multi-leg. Here we go, tooting the... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy to toot my horn because I delivered. 
and, for and, the team. And I'll give him credit. I'll give him credit because this was a six dollar fifty pop, not the three dollar. Unlike 40s you blokes that we who tip three dollar chances. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. You did. You did. You you, you gave us the multi tip, and you. you you kept up your end there, so that was that was good. In our bragging rights, we did have uh, the dolphin. He 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 put all his tips in very early because uh, he he had something better to do in the afternoon and didn't want to talk to us. So he was done and dusted by about twelve thirty p.m. And uh, yeah, he he was the clubhouse leader when he'd uh, put the cue in the rack. He'd uh, got a a couple just a, a cheeky place on. Totally charmed in race three at Eagle Farm, uh, and was clubhouse leader for a while until Forty stood up with, um, and it was interesting with Forty because he, he did have to have a late um, change because he'd failed to look at everyone else's multi pick and uh, decided to choose <laughs> yeah. the Navy Cross, uh, and really after after we'd had a long discussion about it on the Friday, uh, it was a heated debate. It was a heated debate, but we'd agreed on rules, and he just decided to break them pretty much an hour or so after we'd done. <laughs> but he did it twice. He, <laughs> he did, did it, it twice. <laughs> and not only did he do it twice, when he the one he changed it to delivered him the bragging rights. That's it, and that's what, that's what I think is actually oh, quite oh, extraordinary. God, I is, didn't realise. It's, it's like his fourth choice, and uh, <laughs> that's come in one at... Uh, that, that was... How do you say that? Is that uh, Wonderbar? Wonderbar, yeah. Wonderbar. Wonderbar. And race six at Randwick. Randwick came home at odds of uh, $5 for a win and $2 for a place. Got the win. So collected collected first there late in the afternoon. And that was a nice little um, icing on the cake for a lot of us uh, on the day was Black Ducati. Just really found, found its distance. And uh, came yep. through and saluted at a cool three dollars eighty, and that was a pick by Ashwood. So, um, looks like you came in second in the bragging rights. Second this week, which still I still contributing. You don't look happy about at all. No, you, you want to be on top, but uh, yep. forty took the chocolates there. Forty is back. Has anyone got any uh, any? I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. It's it's a bit of a mixed bag of lollies, but I think yeah, these first couple of rounds, there's going to be a little bit of value there to be uh, collected because some interesting th- things have been happening in the NRL, and I'm, I'm convinced similar types of uh, results are going to happen in the AFL as well after this long hiatus. The best part is footy's back. Oh. Yeah, can't wait for Thursday. I'm I'm a bit of a push for the Hawks. I know you were on the Geelong bandwagon, Richo, but I I reckon the Hawks are a show on Friday night. Yeah, it is, it is down at the Cattery. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, they're pretty hard to to topple down there, yeah, and they'll be used to it because, yeah, who wants to go down to a footy game in Geelong anyway? So no crowds won't be a problem. <laughs> Um, I'm not going anywhere near that. So I reckon Cats will be right there. Um, Lions and the Dockers. Lions will do their thing. Uh, Blockbuster, Carlton, Melbourne. You blokes are going to duke it out. Wow. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, you know, uh, probably one of the biggest crowds Melbourne's played in front of for about uh, five years, I think. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> 
No, I think uh, I think that'll be a really, um, really, really good uh, display of football. <laughs> yeah, liar. And it it probably doesn't get a hell of a lot better from there. Yeah, Adelaide. Where is it? Two dollars fifty. I can't believe that. Head to head. I tell you what, that's one game. The Carlton Melbourne. Um, obviously, I go for Melbourne. We got Rusty going for Carlton. I think we'd both say that, that should just be. Dollar ninety each way because well, who knows yeah. who's going to win. It's funny because I'll take Carlton head to head and then Melbourne forty plus. <laughs> That's what I think of that game. Absolutely anything can happen. I have no idea, but I like those those that combo because <laughs> I just don't know what's going to happen there. Port Adelaide Adelaide will be horrendous. Well, especially it's yeah. up in Queensland, isn't it? Is it really? Well, haven't they had to move uh, to a hub because the state's closed or something? Did they have to move? No, they'll travel back for it, won't they? Did, did Adelaide really? and Port Adelaide have to move? I thought they did. I'm, I'm confused. Oh, I'm I thought not it sure, was both the West Australian and the South Australian clubs. Well, well Suns and oh, Eagles so. have been training at opposite ends of the ground all week. Mm. So that's in Queensland, but Adelaide Oval, Port Adelaide, Adelaide. Okay, so they obviously didn't have to leave their state um, but I thought they did I thought you were I right thought they I did. don't know I don't understand and I can't like but they can't have there's no way you'd leave just to fly back for the game <laughs> no, that's right that's true you wouldn't think so you wouldn't think so but, uh, anyway Richo you love a footy punt oh, I love there's this nothing is, better than a footy punt and you've made uh, actually I reckon you uh, bought yourself a new set of golf clubs on the footy punt yeah, a couple of years ago. A couple I, years um, ago? Yeah, look, generally, I, I usually start the season and uh, probably over the last three or four years, I've definitely come out on top. It's a slow burn. It's not like the, the racing punting because there's not a lot of value to be found. But, um, yeah, I usually ha- have a few decent bets on uh, on teams over the weekend and then chuck in a multi-bet as well. But, uh, yeah, no, I did, I did buy a set of golf clubs uh, a few years ago when um, Hawthorne lost, I think it was the first final uh, over in Perth and so I had to sort of play all the way through and just like triple down on them after that and they came through. But um, no, I do like a punt and the best way to find value for your multi is to, to get a little bit exotic, right? So I haven't gone outlandishly exotic. I haven't worried about you know how many goals might be kicked or who might kick the first goal. But um, So all our listeners, before you start, Get a piece of paper and a pencil because this is precious information to kick off footy weekend. The footy five-leg multi. The footy five-leg multi. Um, So what we're looking at is, I think Richmond's going to win on Thursday night. Um, I don't think they're going to smack Collingwood out of the park though. So Richmond one to thirty-nine. You're getting about two dollars and four cents on on that result. I think I think that's about right. Um, we've just heard Rusty thinks Geelong uh, thinks the Hawks over Geelong, but uh, as I say, down in the Cattery, it's probably going to be Geelong. But again, they're not going to thump the Hawks, so you'll get about two dollars for one to thirty-nine on Geelong. Then I reckon Brisbane about similar. So you're one to thirty-nine getting about $1.95 for Brisbane to beat Fremantle. Then if we just go straight Port Adelaide uh, in the in the the South Australian Cup over there. Um, and the slowdown. The, the, the slowdown. Um, and Sydney, 
Sydney at home against Essendon, paying about a dollar eighty-six just without any lines or or any margins there. I thought that was a pretty good price. So you you bundle that up into a multi. Uh, I took a bit of a power play on it and got a bit extra, but you'll get about nineteen twenty bucks for that, which is pretty good value. Just throw a couple of bob on that. Now it's time for a little segment we call Did You See That? Thanks to When Freddie Met Lily. Designer gowns and suits for every occasion. What have you got for us, boys? Well, did you see Chris Caserta winning at Flemington on Saturday on the Lindsay Smith-trained Queen Ladeva? Um... Chris is one of those jockeys with another interesting story. Uh, pretty talented uh, young jock. Uh, and then he had a fair bit of time on the sidelines through injury. He had a couple of really nasty falls. Um, and, you know, we all um, felt uh, Chris may not even get back to riding, but he's worked really hard. And uh, he's back. He's based at Ballarat now. Um, he's apprenticed to Andrew Noblet. And uh, I actually see Chris quite a bit at the track. He's a lovely young kid. And uh, he's now looking for 25 more winners to outride his city claim. Um, I reckon that's pretty achievable. Uh, if he grabs the opportunities he, he can, he, uh, he's a good young rider. And uh, he didn't definitely progress from apprentice into senior ranks. Just needs a bit of luck to stay healthy and... He just needs to stay on them. <laughs> like, we might need Velcro or a seatbelt or... <laughs> uh, no, to, be, to be honest and, and to be fair, uh, he's been a bit of a victim on the, the couple of rides that he fell. Um, he was victim of other circumstances and it, you know, it went pear-shaped in a hurry. We don't get much time to react in, uh, in those circumstances. So uh, it, it is the nature of the game and, and we hate seeing it happen. Um, and as Alana pointed out, it's a, it's a pretty close community, the racing community, and um, you know we definitely uh, we see it in the jockey ranks when there's a fall, when there's a, a problem. Uh, jockeys run from the jockey room to the track when one of their fellow riders goes down. Uh, they are, you know, they are tight knit family, uh, and. Yeah, we never want to see accidents. We don't want to see horse injuries. We don't want to see rider injuries. We want it all safe and sound and everybody get their chance. But, um, no, Chris, back on track, mate. So uh, if you ever listen to our podcast, well done and uh, keep the winners rolling. Um, yeah, did you guys see the... Um, the rep- or the... The fine that um, Tommy Stokes got for uh, laying his old man's horses. Um, seven bets over a couple of year period. He only made, well, he only made, he made about 500 bucks off his bets. I think he got off really lightly getting a $1,500 fine. But uh, it's not on. Um, it's, um, I wonder if all the participants are aware of their uh, obligations there. It's interesting, isn't it, Russell? We had this conversation prior to this news coming out and we spoke about punting um, and about, because of my involvement in the industry as a registered person, about punting. And I'm like, 
know, punt away. Like, there's no restriction. Um, but in saying that, I never think of backing a horse to lose. That's not how I operate. Uh, it's win or nothing else. So, betting on your own horses to lose is a very dangerous game. Um, yeah, I think he's very lucky to uh, only only get a fine. Uh, it could have been uh, much, much worse. Serious integrity issues if you start doing it on a regular basis. Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? Well, yeah. once is bad enough. So, well, that's right. That's right. Anyway, we don't want to. We don't want to bag people. We we love the industry. We just want it to be. Uh, fair and even for everybody. Fair, pure and equitable. That's it. Um, while we're still talking about Did You See and we're talking about jockeys. Between the three of us here, let's just talk for a minute. Jockey, being a jockey, it's got to be harder. I think it's harder than training because... The ups and downs are crazy for being a jockey and the, the strive to be perfect all the time when you have three bokes on a podcast telling the best jockeys in the country that they rode it wrong. Um, or, you know, the grandstand jockey and the punters sit back, they watch a computer screen or they watch it on TV and go, oh, what was he doing? Why are you out there? Like... 50 kilo human beings trying to steer around 500 kilo horses with a mind of their own going at 60 k's an hour and they're expected to do everything right. I think jockeys do an amazing job Um, and that's why you see with our stable that loyalty is a big thing. Alana does a lot of work um, Christine's done work over the years. Sam's done a lot of work. Any rider that that puts in the effort with us gets rewarded by riding in races. So when people when people want to tell, say that jockeys are, you know, oh they're this and they're that and they're, you know, trying to ride from the grandstand, I'm a bit like, unless you can go out and show them how it's done. Stop talking through your pocket. And we love talking through our pocket. But it's it's all in the name of good fun and humour. But it's it really is a tough gig. And I just want to say that jockeys deserve the utmost respect at, at any level, whether it's the apprentice right through to the, the best in the business. Um, they really do need our utmost respect. And it's a dangerous game. Let's never I agree wholeheartedly. That. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I made a comment about a ride on that ride on Opacity earlier. And I don't make a ride to judge the jockey. I make the ride to judge the merit of the run of the horse. So that if I if I thought it got the peach ride and just got over the line, I might think it's vulnerable next time. Whereas if it gets a average ride and gets the job done, well, then I think that it's got improvement to come. So I agree with Ash. I don't pot jo- I don't pot jockeys. 
after cooling down. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we all do things in the heat of the moment, and uh, I believe one of my tips during um, Saturday's races, I may have got on the phone to Rusty and said, what was this guy thinking? <laughs> um, and it will, yeah, remain between the inner sanctum here, but, um, yeah. But you can judge a ride, but you can, but you don't want to judge a jockey based on one ride. Like you said, no, there's because... so many variables that you can't, exactly. you can't control them all. You've just got to take what comes and make the most of it. And exactly. each ride is different and each race is different. It's... Uh, from the pod- podcast, big shout out to all the jockeys. We think you're doing a great job. Um, just remember when we have our money on, make sure you get the job done. Yep. <laughs> Copy your fine for whip use. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well said. So what's on for the week ahead? Um, pretty quiet for me. I'm just... Uh... Races Thursday, Ballarat, Synthetic, um, and then possibly a Chukra on the weekend. That's about all from our stable this week. Um, yeah, there's not too much else on from uh, from my end. Uh, what about you, Rusty? Um, I'm just looking forward to some racing. Um, obviously, Zipper on Thursday, but... We've got uh, Winx's half-sister to debut tomorrow at Warwick Farm, uh, Queen's birthday weekend races, Convent Gardens. She's by Exceed and Excel. And on Wednesday, there's a horse called Tajori, Tahori. I still don't know what it's called. It's only noms at this stage, but if she runs on Wednesday, I'm a big push for her. Get on. And that's about it from me. Nice one. I think that's about all we've got time for on this week's episode. Remember to give us a follow on Twitter at fourth not first. Um, we'll post the multi and the bragging rights again uh, Saturday morning around 11 a.m. So you can follow along at home. And um, fellas, pleasure as always. Have a good evening. Thanks, boys. Another uh, very enjoyable Sunday night. Champion, boys.